All right, today is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast, and I'm your host, Nate. Today, as we prepare for the Hurricane Idalia party, um, some of us are in the way, some of us are hopefully not. Um, anyway, we talk about that a little bit and what's in store. Why would a loving God send a hurricane towards us? Um, that's sarcastic. I, I don't think God is doing that. Um, I think we live in a fallen world, and that includes environmental factors and weather patterns. So, you know, um, if you're going to blame anyone, I don't know, blame Adam, blame Eve, blame the devil. But um, I don't believe God is specifically sending uh, hurricanes on people. I think, you know, when he judges the world, it will be with fire. Uh, read Revelation for more. Um, why do so many seemingly hardcore, devout Christians uh, just seem very flippant about cursing and stuff like that? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, by the way, I'm not perfect. I've got my own issues. This just happens to, well, not super be one. Um, got plenty of other things, probably much worse. Anyway, uh, true crime podcast, what's the difference in that? How people, like, it, it appeals to the seedy underbelly of humanity and, like, the, the dark interest people have, which is, is funny enough, probably the same reasons that they watch that because of, like, rape and murder and every discussion we have. Well, not every, but lots of discussions we have about the Bible. It's like, oh, Jesus, yeah, okay, he's, he's a cool guy. I don't really know about him. I may check it out someday. But what about all the rape and murder in the Bible? Like, what does true crime podcasts have to do with Christianity? Um, people always want to go to, like, their, their darkest, deepest areas of interest, I guess. So, like, whatever the, the bad, taboo, macabre is, that's where they want to take it. Uh, why does a cat never really leave you? There's an answer for that. See if you can guess it. Then we talk to a pretty illogical anti-theist who says he's very logical. And then rambles on for like an hour and a half. Anyway, so we talk about that. Steph hits her limit. She hits straight up beast mode. Uh, stay tuned for that. I, oh, I got to clip that out. Yeah, stay tuned for a clip on that or just hear it now. Steph in beast mode. And then some dispensationalism stuff and some hierarchical versus monarchical uh, Trinitarian talk. So enjoy this podcast. Check out the book on Amazon, the Ask a Christian book, free to read with Kindle Unlimited. And you can also... Check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a coffee cup or something like that, mouse pad, dog shirt, whatever, and support this podcast sharing the gospel with people on the internet. Until next time, if you're in the way of the hurricane, stay safe, and we'll see you, well, I don't know, <laughs> depending whether or not I lose power, we'll see you when I see you. Bye. So, happy Hurricane Adelia party. Uh, it's at Chris's house, by the way, so uh, Michael, I don't know if you're able to jump on a plane real fast, but uh, party at Chris's, is that what's going on? You're throwing a... Rager? Yep, sure. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like looks like we're probably in the clear. So for get now. on a plane. So get on a plane <laughs> where I'm where I'm currently not threatened by any weather, hurricane weathery stuff, and fly to a place that is threatened by hurricane weathery stuff. I mean, I'm going to take that. That I mean, seems the, like hard. That seems like a hard pass. The lines will be small and the tickets will be cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Michael, uh, why would a loving God? totally send hurricanes to people um okay so okay so stepping inside and assuming that everything you believe is real um i don't think that that i don't think that you believe that god does that um the the nature of the state of the world is a byproduct of how things played out in Genesis and how things are now is not how God wants them to be, but how they are, again, based on what happened. And 
things will get fixed in time, but he's not going to step in to stop the bad things from happening. Very good. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Serendipity, welcome. It's been a while. Let me give you a tough question. Uh, let's see. Why do they say a cat never truly leaves you? Wait, what? I'm sorry. I was driving. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I've heard a little. <laughs> why, why do they say that cats never truly leave you? Why do they say that cats never truly leave you? Um, I don't know. Do they say that? <laughs> Apparently some people do. Really? Because of the nine because lives and stuff? Because they transmit parasites. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, question for you. As demonstrated yesterday, are you speaking, Chris? Oh, sure. Wonderful. As demonstrated yesterday, I, I wonder about this. Um, you know, and in an attempt not to sound all like holier than thou, I have plenty of flaws. If someone wants to know, back channel me. So I am not perfect. But, you know, since this is an audio platform and we do lots of audio and hear lots of people speak, this thing is like very clear and in your face and present. <clears throat> so, you know, like yesterday there was a guy and like it's, it's pretty common. Um, you know, when we're talking about like the praying and like, you know, people being edgy and hip for Jesus in, in like the, the youth groups and stuff will occasionally like let, let an obscenity fly. And everyone's like, ooh, he was so passionate. <laughs> anyway, so kind of going off that conversation, um, it's like on, on these apps, like, have you noticed and why is that how so many people who are seemingly really devout Christians, right? Like they'll, they'll hit you with all kinds of knowledge. They'll share the gospel. Like they talk about Jesus, like, you know. It's a relationship, not a religion. And, you know, they seem very, very solid in their faith and the foundations. But then they'll just, like, you know, let F-bombs fly and, like, you know, like, swear up a storm. And I'm like, whoa, wait, huh, that's that's a little odd to hear after, you know, talking about how, you know, all Jesus stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, I was wondering about that. Like, do people just get carried away or just not care about the filter or just think, well, it's not by work, so if God wants to temper my language, then I guess he'll do it. I'm not lifting a finger for it. I don't know. Why is that? I think it's just immaturity. Wow, does anyone else have more than a one-sentence answer? It's interesting, right? Like, I mean, so in my life outside of this room, <laughs> um, I, I am pretty free-flowing with the language. Uh, and I think this is something that I, I'm, I've said to you before, Nate, like if you, you know, it's like if, if anyone wants to go and listen to, you know, like, uh, previous episodes of our podcast, anything, you know, anything where there is a, um, Christian guest or something like that, something where, you know, I want, uh, you know, I, or we, my D, my podcast partner and I want people to be able to share right with other people, we we tone the language down, right? So that people can do that out of a, I don't know whether you want to call that as a show of respect or, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but outside of that, I've said, you know, like lock your kids up, not safe for everyone's <laughs> consumption. Um, because I look at it as just, and it's funny, I, I was having a conversation with um, Andrew Rappaport, who runs the Apologetics Live YouTube channel. Good guy. He's been on, uh, I've been on his show a few times. He's been on our podcast. Good guy. He was asking me why I 
you know, why, why I'll swear, you know, on a podcast that isn't, you know, doesn't, you know, full of you know, believers. And, I, and I'll say that because they're just like, I just look at them as, as words, right? Um, and you know, because I believe that words don't have meanings, um, like inherent meanings, but usages, um, they can be used to describe, you know, you know, like to work as, you know, as an adjective, right, to, to, to help amplify a conversation. I think if they're used in a superfluous nature, it can be damaging to a conversation because I think it can maybe cause things to lose meaning. But I think in and of themselves, the words themselves don't have the capacity to, to hurt those words. I mean, the, the curse words. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a little weird yesterday when this guy who came on, you know, professing Christian, blah, 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 Jesus, uh, F-bomb, right? It was, I, I, I was muted up at the time and I giggled. Like, it, I found it funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it, I can understand why people will think, you know, that it's discrediting in some way. I didn't find it discrediting because I don't see the words as, as harmful or damaging. But I can understand how others would. Yeah, and once again, you know, I've got plenty of issues. So, you know, I guess I guess that is, I, I don't know, maybe that's one that, you know, I used to, you know, sound like a sailor. Um, so, you know, over time, maybe that's something I just uh, pay extra careful attention to or because it's an audio app. So, I mean, you know, there's no there's no avoiding it. I mean, it's it's front and center. Um, so anyways, not to sound like a giant polar uh, than thou self-righteous jerk. All right, Chris, next chance. Got one more for you. OK, don't don't whiff the ball on this one. OK, I was watching something last night and it was likened to a it, the question was asked, why do people which I'm not one of them. I don't really take in podcasts or anything like that. Um, but what is the obsession with true crime podcasts? And apparently the answer is something like evolutionary psychologists say that because of the hunter gatherer days and the most basic things about uh, humanity are, you know, safety, security, shelter, things like that. And, you know, fighting off the dinosaurs or whatever. Um, my words that the appeal of true crime is usually because it involves like surprise rape and murder, um, which is like the, the most basic, like how people needed food, shelter, water, safety. And this is like the, the most basic antithesis to that. Um, that's why there's such the like instinctual appeal to gravitate towards that. And then I thought, well, if that's true of true crime podcasts, is that also, um, the appeal to like every religious discussion we ever have is always like instantly about rape and murder. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think people like mysteries as well. And so from what I don't watch any of these things, but from what I understand, you know, they're couched in this mystery, you know, especially like this making of a murderer thing. Um, and apparently like, the whole thing was just propaganda and the guy really was guilty, but it was casting all this doubt and it was showing, and I think it shows how you can craft a narrative around facts in order to reset the facts, to make them look and think that they are saying something they are not. Um, you know, so I guess, uh, and I'm not a fan of hers. I think she's, pretty terrible but candace owens nancy grace? is doing oh <laughs> yeah well nancy grace is terrible too nancy grace got her start in central florida she was a newscaster here um 
but uh, so she's doing the uh, making of a murderer counter theory, I guess. I don't know, like re-looking re at the case with the actual facts as the prosecutor had them and as the jury saw them, um, you know, and doing further investigation to basically show that this guy is absolutely guilty and it's not that he's, you know, been thrown in prison unjustly, um, that he really did, I think it's murder two people or something. Um, you know, so I mean, two crime stuff, it just bores me to tears. So I just, I don't care about it. Like, I, I don't see the appeal of it. I've, I've heard, and maybe Steph can shed some light on this, that it's really, like, true crime stuff is really big in the female demographic, and I don't know why that is. Um, I just don't know, but There's another apparently that's a thing. Again, just saying. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of like the Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like, if you give a guy that book, they're like, what am I going to do with this? Like, use it as toilet paper or, like, a fire kindling for my furnace? Like, I don't want to read this crap. Um, but, you know, then it got the term mommy porn because like i don't know it's like uh <laughs> what was, what's the word i want to say epidemic <laughs> it's not the right word but it was like a craze among like women when that came out for some reason um anyway but yeah what do you think i, I mean less about the true crime because i don't that's not my thing either i don't care about that but i mean just those those like basic things it's like you have the basic good things so that does that mean the basic bad things that would that would counter the good things are of appeal? Is that why we constantly find ourselves talking about rape and murder in here? Like, hey, there's a Jesus who died and loved you. Okay, but what about rape and murder in the Bible? What about Lot? What about incest? What about all the genocide? What about the infanticide? That was kind of where I was going. Oh, man. Anyways, I, only Joanna, read the other... half of, I only read half of Steph's sentence in there, and I was like, I have all the interest in true crime and Fifty Shades. And I was like, wait, and then it's like, oh, and what is, which is zero? And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, Oh, wow. I was like, as I stopped reading it, I was like, oh, snap, what? Oh, I was about to be like, man, you're like, Prophetess game is getting stronger. Yeah, gee. I was like, uh, whoa, Steph. Like, okay. uh, Joanna, yeah, the other day when you were, when you were here, or maybe it was last, last week, yeah, I was like just calling on you right as you left. Sorry it took us so long to get to you. But yeah, what's up? Did you, uh, do you remember what you were going to ask then, or do you have anything to say now? I want to make sure I... I just want to make sure you can hear me, because... Yes. So in Isaiah 53, we see that Jesus was despised from men. Is that right? Is that, yes. Okay. Then, so I, I'm gonna, I'm, I heard this from someone else and I wanted to ask you. But yet he was so popular that they crowded around him wherever he went. So is that contradictory? And I'm going to mute up and listen. Oh, no. I mean, you know, it says his sheep hear his voice and they're sheep and goats. So, I mean, like the despised part, like, you know, look how much, you know, he was he was despised so much they plotted and murdered him. So, you know, this would be the, the people who are very clearly not his sheep. They're the goats. But, I mean, that's a prophecy that's totally true. So just because, I mean, you know, people like undoubtedly his parents loved him, uh, you know, his brothers and sisters, his disciples, the people that believed in him loved him. But that doesn't negate the fact that the dude was despised to the point of murder. I would say that. What would you say, Chris? Also that? Okay, great. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I mean, that's I, what I would say. Yeah, I mean, also, and you see in the gospel account that, you know, on Monday, on crucifixion week, right, on Monday, Jesus 
has the triumphal entry, right? This is, you'll find this in a bunch of the gospels that he rides a donkey into Jerusalem and people are putting down palm fronds and, and their coats and they are, you know, yelling Hosanna in the highest, right? So the entire city of Jerusalem seems to be, you know, excited to see Jesus. And then he teaches in the temple for a week and people are like, no, we do not like this guy. Um, and then he gets accused of blasphemy and he's put on trial. And then the entire town of Jerusalem is screaming for his death. So, I mean, you know, was he popular? I think surfacely at some times. Sure. Was he popular when he fed the 5,000? Heck yeah. Like everybody's like, what free food? Like sweet, you know? Um, so I, I think both two things can be true at the same time. He can have moments of popularity and also be completely despised. Thank you. And lastly, yes, they hated him so much that they chose uh, Barabbas over him. So I just wonder who those people were. Because it seems like the, the multitudes were crowding him. I mean, they had to put the paralytic man through the roof because there were so many people. But then you don't really hear of the other people who despised him t until his arrest and trial that I know of. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you do see it in the Gospels. Like, So what you're talking about is something that happens early in the Gospels. Um, as his ministry goes on, he becomes less and less popular. And, and, you know, the very first time he announces his ministry in Mark chapter 2 and 3, um, it literally says in the beginning of Mark chapter four, that is when the Pharisees decided they had to kill him. Like, I mean, he, he hadn't even been in his ministry one day and the Pharisees had already decided that he was marked for death. So, I mean, I would say that's pretty despising. Can you still hear me? Cause I have a red bar. Uh, yes. <laughs> More question. If I may, let's do this in threes. <laughs> no. Um, now you're breaking up. Thank you. Oh, no, we, we didn't, couldn't hear, hear, we didn't, hear, we couldn't hear a word you said. You broke up. As soon as you were like, hey, I got a red bar, and it sounded good. And then <laughs> any, everything after that was like robot. We could... How about now? Perfect. Uh, Go yeah. for it. Okay, I'm going to. Wait, we, we said we did hear you. Just happened again. Are you able to type it? Maybe type the question if you can. I'm I'm curious now. Like we need to get this this triune questioning. The questions of the threes. Well, if anyone else wants to jump up on stage in the meantime, feel free. Hello, M. Been a while. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> oh. Are you are you back now? Are you speaking, Joanna? Well, she she put herself in the audience, I oh. guess, but we didn't hear your question at all, Joanna. <laughs> okay. We heard yes, thank you. Okay. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. I'm so, so far. sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, King Herod knew he was the Messiah. That's why he set out to have him killed. Did Pontius Pilate or any of the Pharisees that at his trial know he was the Messiah? Thank you. Oh, uh, well, Herod didn't exactly 
know that Jesus was the Messiah, right? Like, or, or are you talking about when he was like born, when he sent him out to kill like all the babies because he wasn't sure which one was the Messiah? Okay, so yeah, so those those events are are thirty years apart. So, you know, basically Herod the Great, you know, was trying to um, stop the birth of the Messiah with the slaughter of the innocents. Um, then 30 years later, you know, Jesus pops up as an itinerant preacher and begins his ministry. Um, I, I would say that the Pharisees knew that he claimed to be the Messiah as well as he claimed to be God. Um, I think they fully knew that. I don't think they believed it. I mean, obviously if they had believed it, they wouldn't, you know, have brought him up on blasphemy charges. Um, you know, two of the, at least two of the Pharisees believed him and maybe more depending on what you read in church history, but essentially Josephus, I'm not Josephus, uh, Joseph of Arimathea and um, Nicodemus, we believe, uh, believed Jesus as the Messiah and as God, similarly. Thank you. Just a point. See you. To, oh, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Just to the, the last point. Um, I've never cared for uh, for true crime podcasts or shows or anything like that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I did benefit from my wife enjoying the Fifty Shades uh, novels. Michael, mm. what have you done that I am I am have a mental image I cannot get rid of of you like chained up in a basement? No, nothing. Nothing that bad. bad. <laughs> Just, just as a general rule, um, yeah, that's all. <laughs> CEO, welcome. Well, that was quite a start to my morning. Thank you for that, <laughs> Michael. Anytime. Good morning, everyone. Anything on your mind going on? You usually have uh, one, one very easy, simple question that leads to, like, huge chaos. <laughs> not, not currently, but I'm sure it will bubble. <laughs> oh, Felix, uh, how are you doing down there? Are you uh, hurricane prepared? Or I think you're you're a little ways away from it too, right? There he is. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that down there, but my wife is down there. She's like upset at me because <laughs> before we left Florida, I I just purchased those those uh, window panels, you know, those accordion yeah. style. And, and we, we bought the, she wanted the transparent ones because she wanted the pretty ones. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and and I, just, I, I fitted the panels to the windows. I numbered them so I know exactly where, where each one goes. She says, you should leave them up before we go to Philly because you, know, you will never know a storm. I'm like, I don't want to put them up. And then we get letters from the HOA saying, why do you have panels up? It's not hurricane season yet. So I didn't put them up. Well, guess what? She's down there. There's a hurricane coming, and I'm the only one that knows how they go. And nobody can put them up, but she's all mad at me. Well, we're, you're not going to get hit by the hurricane. It doesn't look. I was going to recommend Chris go and put them up, um, but now we see why he's like, no, no, it's, I don't need to do that. You're totally safe. <laughs> well, the eye of the storm ain't going to make it right where she's at, but she's going to get some wings and stuff. But yeah, I should have put them up. I should have listened. Ah, uh, the darned hoa. 
Yeah, this is why I don't have a homeowner's association. I, I mean, I'd I wish... rather set myself on fire. Uh, the hyperbole. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's good for keeping people. Oh, feedback. It sounds like you're in a hurricane right now, Felix. I mean, I mean, on one hand, you know, it stinks paying extra money, but I mean, it keeps people from painting their houses pink. And then people are like, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But then when I like, you know, drive around the other parts of town where they don't have hoas, it's like, oh my gosh. And it's just like, it's like, well, are these extreme examples? But then you drive around and see like that it's, it's really not extreme examples. Like if you don't have a hoa, like, man, people are crazy. Like you'll see a nice house with a really well-kept yard and then you'll see a house next to it that like, you know, it looks like it should be condemned. And there's like, you know, Winnebago's that don't work with no tires in the yard and the grass is overgrown. I'm like, oh, Lord. So it's like, you know, if you if you get a nice little place where everyone has a similar uh, maintenance mind as you and upkeep mind as you, then, you know, you'll be fine. Unfortunately, you know, you don't get to pick your neighbors. <laughs> so if they don't, ah, the hoa giveth and the hoa taketh. Yeah. But yes, they, they I mean, are I, crazy. I, I mean, I live in a neighborhood without a hoa, and we don't have any of those problems. Like, everybody just kind of polices themselves. You know, I guess it depends on the socioeconomics, like, of the neighborhood. You know, this na the neighborhood we live in, it's not, I mean, it's it's middle class, but, like, nobody has, like, trash in their yard. You know, that's not a thing. Well, I mean, these don't have, like, trash. I mean, they just have, like, broken down, like, vehicles. Oh, see, that, that that's trash. trash to me. Wow. Mr. Uppity Uppity. I guess. <laughs> Getting a nosebleed that high in the clouds? It's hard to breathe up here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I do have a question, Nate. Yes. All right, so can the mind and spirit be separated? So what prompts this question is this idea that sometime within maybe the next 30 years or so, people are making efforts to be able to upload our minds into like, you know, the cloud or something, right? There was a show upload where they created like virtual heaven by uploading people's minds then you know, so their minds went on after they died. So if this ends up being possible, my question is, would their, would this person's spirit have left them and it's just their mind or no, because your mind and your spirit has to always be together? There is no way of knowing that. And then like, you know, how, yeah, there's just no way of knowing that. Like either, either whenever they try that, it somehow just kills you because it can't be separated. And no one knows like what's going on. Let's keep trying it. Oh, another dead guy. Oh, why isn't this working? Oh, another dead guy. So either either it cannot be separated in any way like that, uh, and they just keep dying because they keep trying and it doesn't work, or uh, it does work and congratulations, you've transported your 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 whole you know soul spirit whatever uh, into a machine and you still somehow through God I guess have the cognition or or ha like you know your mind will your emotions and I don't know like that holds on to your spirituality somehow in your consciousness. Um, which no one will ever know until that person, you know, finally dies or expires because of like a slower solar flare 
or you know the earth finally gets eaten by the sun a billion years later um and then that that consciousness would leave the machine and go to heaven which still no one would know so uh yeah there there is no possible way of of knowing that that's my answer but i would think about i mean i think one of those tracks would have to be the the way it would start to go I actually think this is really interesting. Um, like I, uh, people talk about this, oh, you know, like this, you know, kind of like uploading your consciousness. There was a show that was on, I think it was Prime or something that called Upload. I don't know if any That's of what I'm referencing, yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a great <clears throat> show. I really enjoyed it. Um, oh. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. But I don't think that that's a thing. Like, because all of our experiences, and that's all we have to go off of, is that minds are dependent on physical brains. The mind is what the brain does. So I, I don't think that you know uploading a consciousness is a thing. I'm not saying it can't be done in the future, um, but I, I don't think it would. I don't think it's possible yet. And I thought of a third option. So perhaps the third option would be that because you cannot separate them and someone talks about Roman salmon, is that the part where it's talking about the sword that, you know, divides spirit from soul or whatever. But uh, if someone did that, if you cannot divide it, then maybe you would have like a AI type personality. Like you would take CEO and like whenever you were, you were uploading your consciousness um, enough of you would carry over through your like, you know, cognitive abilities or reasoning, stuff like that, that you would basically be like a CEO chat GPT um, so you'd, you'd be able to say stuff, you may retain some memories and you'd be able to act like that. But when your body expired, like your, your soul would begin its eternality, either in heaven or hell, you know, depending on Jesus. Um, so if they're like, no, no, look, it worked. It worked. Uh, like see, CEO's right here. We can hear him. We can talk with him. So you may retain some like memories or abilities, but it could be devoid of any soul. And it's just like a, a faux projection AI type thing. It's like, I am CEO. I remember what I had for breakfast three days ago. So so you could have people saying it totally worked while really you're totally dead and your spirit's in heaven or hell. Well, so they, layered, so they, so they layered this with essentially the metaverse in this show upload is how they did that. So you got to interact with other people who uploaded themselves as well even though you were like, your body was dead at this point. So that was the premise of a show that Michael's talking about. Chris, what would you say? Just repent and believe. Yeah, I would say that the ineffable quality of what is the human spark of consciousness would absolutely be lost and you would be left with a bunch of information that just got uploaded to, you know, an AI. So I, I don't think you yourself is or will ever able be able to uh, be uploaded to a cloud consciousness. I think it's foolishness. Got it. So you think it's just code at the end of the day? Obviously, I mean, you know, there is a there is a human spark that inevitably will be lost, and you know, this whole idea of there's being like soul and spirit and body is nonsense it's you have a ensouled body and you are a composite of those two things cool sorry to crush your hope and hopes and dreams no 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 i know i was just curious i i 
I think that technology is just going to push, you know, Christianity into some interesting conversations over the next century. Some will be here for some we won't. So that's I don't know. I mean, so, it may seem like the nuance makes it more interesting, but I mean, I, th I think so, at the end of the day, it's still like basic questions we're dealing with. So, I mean, we, we can so, say it gets, <laughs> we, we can say it gets more and more advanced and nuanced, but I mean, you're still going to be dealing with the most basic things at the end of the day. Like I believe because of this, or I don't believe because of this. What's up, Saint? How y'all doing? Such... How y'all doing? Let me say it, it, it actually means in in Luya tribe in East Africa, it means the last born in the family. It's called the, somebody who sweeps the womb, somebody who came out last from a mama's. <laughs> so <laughs> that anybody who is interested in that, but the, the concept is this. So we we have a we we the, I, I, I keep on telling my cousin who is a is a scientist. He used to work with COVID issues. I used to tell him, there's a concept of negations that we most human beings don't live about. The only way you see a concept of negation is ever you ever delve into the world of philosophy. And if you take computer programming classes, there's a class in philosophy that you have to take before you even take programming classes. So you have to be logical before you take even computer programming. So that's where I'm, I'm starting from. Are we looking at the logical concept of concepts so that I don't have to say I got, I got, I got shit in my mama's background or I got, I got, I got my cuckoo QAnon buddies before I, I say this shit to my peoples? You see where I'm coming from? Concepts have to have an origin. And those origins have to have a basis. And those bases have to be foundational. And those bases being foundational have to have a basis that is not Trump supporters or whatever. Whichever way you can look at it. Michael, right? I believe he's talking to you. So, so how do we know what we know? It's called epistemology in, in philosophy. Now I'm going to go to the literature part of it of what I'm saying. I can do it in 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 in, in you know what the way that I just did it. Or I can do it in philosophy. Epistemology is how do we know what we know? How do we actually know that I'm actually talking about something that is based on philosophy, and I'm not being somebody who is actually cuckoo in my belief system because anybody can believe a chicken is a goat. So how do we know a chicken is not a god? That is all, it's called epistemology. We, we look at it because we have foundational knowledge that we can base that concept on. And then we say a chicken is not a god. Therefore, anybody who says a chicken is a god, we push them on the side a little bit. We don't chastise them. We don't chastise them. We just say a chicken is not a god. And then we go along and pursue other things. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Michael. Yeah, well, we know a chicken's not a goat because a, a goat is a mammal and a chicken is a dinosaur. I thought he said chicken is not a god. Oh, he said a goat. Is, is that it? Is that it? 
know? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Is that it? I mean, I agree with you that that epistemology. How do we know? How do we know? How do we know? So, do we are you know talking that... about how? How are you defining knowledge? How do we know that you and me know a chicken is on a goat? But how do we know that extensively there's a bunch of mammals running around thinking chicken is a goat? Okay, so how are you defining knowledge? Are we being cyclic right now? I just said a chicken no. is not a goat, right? Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, and, and you. How do we know that a bunch of mammals don't run around? Thinking a chicken is a goat. Well, okay, so I mean, we can get really pedantic about this. Like, it's you know, not pedantic. Arbitrary. It's not pedantic okay. because we've seen it. We've actually seen it in in, in America. We've so seen people. We've seen well, people saying elections. Uh, we've seen people say Trump is a ruler. We've seen it. Okay. So it, it's not pedantic. Saying? It's not pedantic anymore. We've seen How? actually people manifesting the, the, the realization that things did not happen where things happen. The people saying it's not Christ, it's Christ. We've seen it. So how do you say to me that whatever I saw is lesser than what you think that is I should have seen? I should have seen like two people on the on the on the on the, on the capital. Okay, so 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 first things first, I'm not in America, I'm Canadian. And secondly, the question that I asked you, which is which is really foundational to to us continuing a conversation, because I need to know how you're using a word. So can you tell me how you're using the word knowledge? Knowledge is 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 actually it's irreducible. So for me and you, we're having discussion, right? We have to have a, a common base of uh, how we know what things in. If I say this object is an it, and then you say it's not it, then we have a disagreement. Well, yeah, we don't have... That, 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 would be, that would be contrary to the laws of identity. I'm asking yes, you how you're the defining basic law the term. Of, so, like... Uh, I, the I laws of identity, you, you just said it. You actually just when said you it. Say, the laws of identity. When you say knowledge is, is... When you say knowledge is irreducible, I don't know what you mean. That's like saying knowledge, strawberries knowledge is not irreducible. Knowledge is not irreducible. There's certain factors of knowledge which are not irreducible. You just so, said knowledge is irreducible. Okay, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We you just, just say, tell me how you're defining the word. That would be super simple. I, I will tell you. That. We just talked about it. You just dismissed it. Let's say I, I have a key here. And you say that's not a key. And I say that's a key. We Do you are, know what a definition is? I'm trying to make that definition. I'm I'm actually trying to. So there's a key, and then you say that's not a key, and I say that's a key. That would be violating me, the laws of identity. That that is in no way yes. providing me with a definition of a word. Can you please tell me how you are defining? Do you know what definition means? Can yes. you please tell me how you are defining the word knowledge? Okay, do you want me to be succinct or do you want me to be extrapolating? Just, I mean, like, okay, so for example, if you ask I will, me... I'll, let me be succinct. Knowledge is succinct. justified true belief. Do no. You, do you disagree with that definition? No, 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 no. You don't dis all, disagree with it? No, uh, yeah, no, knowledge is not justified true belief. 
knowledge okay. is... Wait, how do you define knowledge then? Okay, okay, let me ask you. Am I holding a key or am I not holding a key? This is an audio app. How can I possibly know that? Exactly. That's knowledge. So at the base of it... Knowledge is whether or not I know you're holding else, At the base of it all else is how do you define a key? Then we start defining a key and then we extrapolate from the key everything else. Are you trying to right? tell me that I have to know whether you're holding a key to know anything? We have, me and you have defined what a key is. And I then have we to define what a key is this. to know what knowledge no, is? No, no, me and you, me and you and everybody else, we have to define what a key is. And then we extrapolate from that to everything else. So we can define a key, a house, a goat, a car, and then we make definitions, and then we find those definitions, and we make meaning of those definitions. So are you saying that knowledge is based on the law of identity? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, law of identity starts for, yes. So knowledge yes. is based on the law of identity? Yes, and the law of so identity is based know, on so me and you. something because a rock is a rock? How do you know if a rock is a rock? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I don't. I. I can't. Know exactly. Being How do you know if a rock is a rock? <laughs> I think so. Is your point that we create these definitions yes, together? Yes, it's a construct. <coughs> it's a construct. Okay. At the basic level, we create okay. some so, things. So, it's irreducible. So, Michael, his animated voice aside, it seems like a pretty straightforward uh, point. I'm glad it seems straightforward to someone. He's just saying that we have to come together to create the construct. That's all. That's all he's saying. Oh, okay. That's, okay. That. So, okay. So, are you saying that? Okay. So, is not like so? Are you saying that knowledge is based on the social contract of language? I'm trying to pretty much. Pretty much. He's saying it's a committee. That is, that, that is pretty accurate, Michael. Yes. That's As what a he's basic saying. irreducible concept, <coughs> knowledge is what we say it is. A rock is a rock because we say it is a rock. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Okay, cool. What's your, okay. So what's your point? That's where we start from. Okay. So, okay. So now we've started now. Start. Right. What's Keep that? in mind after 20 minutes, now we start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, isn't it easier just to just repent and believe the gospel? Well, Nate, 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 I, I saved it from being 40 minutes. So I want credit. I did, you did very you good. Did. Can, right, can, I, I'm, can I muddy, can I muddy the waters? CEO is the universal translator in this. Oh, they're pretty muddy already. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Michael, Seach, you, you, Seach, do you have a greater point? Now. Do you have a greater point? Yeah, like, yeah, do you have a greater point? Good morning. God bless everyone. Good morning. Yeah, like, How are you? Like, so, so knowledge is based on the social construct of language. So what? What's your point? Well, hey, can, can I muddy the waters? Well, hold on. Can hold you on. Know? Why not? They're, they're hey, hang on. <laughs> clear as mud. So, uh, See, if you want to muddy the waters, I'm okay with it. But so knowledge is is muddied because knowledge comes from that concept of mudding something. Okay, Nate, I'm done. What was the topic? Yeah. I just came in. There's, it's it's one of the a worst. Is mud. No, it's one of the worst conversations in the history of this room. So yeah, the, the, the topic is mud. <laughs>
it, it, it is. It, it, do you know what? This is the worst concept that I ever had when I w- we used to be a Christian. You're the one that brought it up. I'm not even a Christian, friend. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's on your team. I think I think CEO <laughs> can explain because he's been he's been listening to it better than. <laughs> he's been. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, oh, I. Oh, I don't know if we need to recap it. Yeah, go ahead, ahead, uh, Rags. I was going to say, if if knowledge is purely language-based, okay, then what what happens when you have an experience or you examine something in the world and you have knowledge of it with no language to communicate it or no means to which to communicate? Yeah, like so what do you do only, with that? That, that, would only, that would only work for the things that, like, you know, you can use language for because, you know, knowledge can or experience, like, like could quibble over terms, whatever. Uh, but, I mean, clearly, if you experience things through, through sensory, like, you know, you touch, touch a hot stove. Great. Now you know you have knowledge that hot stoves are bad, not because anyone told you or spoke to you because you touched the thing. Uh, so someone says, well, that's actually not knowledge. Great. Call it potato. You have potato that touching a hot stove is, is bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of if people like like pedantic was thrown out earlier are too pedantic. So like we can't have a conversation, um, then I'll, I'll usually like just kind of go the other way and be like, great. This is what I'm trying to say. Assign whatever word you want to make yourself feel better. Uh, you know, most of the planet would use this word. If you need to be different, fine. Um, <laughs> hey, Tippy, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm still missing out on what the topic is. It's obviously not potato. Oh, no, no, there was, there wasn't an actual topic. It was, um, it was a, I don't know what it was. It, it was just like a. Was a was, I don't know. It was mud and Weber, a debate between whether chickens or goats or gods. Yes. Well, it was. A, I mean, if you, yeah, sure. It was a topic. Topic no one wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have another topic of interest? I I cannot think of anything right now. I wait for the uh, topic to be brought up and then I will jump on let, that. Let me yeah, ask me too. you. Let me, let me ask a concept of the great schism. Anybody knows about the schism? The schism. Between the Orthodox and the Catholics, I think is what he's talking about. Yes, the Orthodox and the Catholics. Unless you're Muslim and you want to talk about the schism and Shia and Sunni. I used to be a Catholic, so that's why I know about the schism. I'm not a Muslim. I know about Islam. Okay, okay, what about it? What, the schism? We're with you? What? What are we talking about? Okay. Okay, why why was this schism even apparent? Because of the filioque and the theotokos. So basically, okay. the mother go, of God and yeah, yeah and the, the mother of God and then also and the son. So is it, okay, is it okay? Is it okay to to pray to the saints? So after the schism, because the schism. So you got reverence with the saints. I would say that you're not praying to the saints. You're asking the saints for prayer. I'm not Catholic, but this is my understanding from Catholicism is that you're asking the saints for prayer. They are uh, in position. They are closer to God. And so therefore they, but they also have to, it's like me praying on your behalf, like saying, uh, or me asking, hey, can you pray for me? Right. Can you pray for me? Because the saints are alive and they're actually more alive than we are. Because okay, so before we go dead. down that road, if I may, Sack, first yeah. of all, nobody in this room or nobody on this stage is a Catholic. So I don't think anyone has asked you yet 
what your stance is. Hold on, hold on. I don't, I'm going to just finish my question. What is your stance? Where are you coming from? And what is your goal for this room? If has profiles to be no, no. Me, I'm I'm having conversation with everybody else. If if the conversation chooses to go elsewhere, I'm okay with that. Oh I'm no, not, I'm so not, I'm not. so it seems like you're you ha you said I heard you say that you were raised in Catholicism. I see in your profile that you're an anti theist, whatever that is. And then I also hear you asking us questions about Catholic history. So I think I'm trying to get a more well rounded picture of what you're up to, so that we can. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know what an anti-theist is. He definitively believes there's no God. So that's stronger than theism. Is I mean, that's no, stronger than no, atheism. That's stronger no, no, than no, atheism. no, no, that's hang on, hang atheism. on. No, that's, no, 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 it's not it. That's, oh my goodness, people. I, I, this is like 101. All right. Uh, so agnostic explain, atheist. Explain. Agno yeah, let me I help you he said anti-theist. He did. I'm getting there. Ag the scale goes, like, you're talking about agnostic versus Gnostic. Like, one says they're not sure, but they don't think a God exists. The other claims to have Gnostic knowledge, like, they know no God exists. Anti-theist means you, none of that. It means you really have a penchant against people who are theists. So, like, Michael would be like, uh, Michael would be an atheist, but he would be like, no, I don't believe in a God. But, you know, if you Christians or you Muslims, you guys all believe in God, that's fine. I don't mind. I just don't believe it. And anti-theist would be like, I don't believe in a God, and you're also silly for it, and you're fools for it, and I'm going to mock you for it, and don't think you should be theist because you're dumb. Like, anti-theist is kind of, like, aggressive. Whether or not he is, that's no, what it traditionally no, means, no, is, like, you're kind of no. aggressive against no, theism. No, no, no. Well, that's you, what you actually, you, you clues as well, but that's why I'm asking him, like, why, if you are anti-theist, if you have not only made this solid stance, but you're taking a stance against it? What? Sack? Let people, let people get it out. Okay. So if you're taking a stance against it, then you come into a room called Ask a Christian. We've got answers. My, my question for you is, what, what's up? What do you need, buddy? What can we do for you? Allow me to explain myself. Can I explain myself? So he was actually right when he was explaining, but he was actually wrong when he actually ended up explaining it. Me, for me, I think nobody should be believing in religious concept because we can actually prove religious concepts are not part of actually what we should be living in society. That's what I'm saying. Anti-theism is, I'm against theism because I've seen what theism had effect in society. So I'm against all that. That's what I'm saying. We, we've seen the effects of anti-theism on society. Yes, exactly. So again, uh, if are you in here? Are you in here preaching a gospel of your belief? I'm not preaching harmful? anything. Well, hey, hey, my kids are hearing me well, yell, man. You gotta be mad at All me. Right. Well, you, well, you, I'm not mad at you. You're, you're like you don't. Know I'm not. I'm not. I'm not preaching anything. I'm gonna mute him. I swear. All right. Okay, so, I'll shush, shush, shush. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You're not preaching anything. So, but you've been talking a lot, like a lot. Like a lot, a lot. So do you come in here with the idea of, I would like to convince these people that their beliefs are harmful to society? And if so, I would like you to make your argument so we can respond to it. We don't need to torment Michael with discussions about keys. Do you see nope. what I'm saying? Like, make your argument so we can interact with it. I'm not trying to make everybody believe in something else in society, blah, blah, blah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, if you believe in something, you better have that better belief. That's all. If you okay, believe you. in something, you better believe. What? 
What did, what did you say? If you believe in something, you better have better convictions about what you believe. That's it. Oh, good. Okay. Better convictions. All right. So hold on. Hold I'm going to. Hold... Wait, we're Steph, getting can somewhere. I just. No. Yeah, but he, he no, lives wait. off of. No, wait, he lives wait. off of faith. Oh, go ahead. This is yeah. coming. Yeah, this no, is coming I, from yeah, a man that lives off of faith. Hey, Sec, can you name me your doctor's last names? Your past five doctor's last names? Can you pronounce them? Beyond which doctors? Okay. Or uh, can you pronounce your your last five doctors' last names? With, uh, do you know them? Per- do you know them personally? Doctor Shakur. Okay. Do you know them personally, or do you just trust them? Yeah. People, you, you just it's from, it's from Iran. Okay, but you trust them. You don't know them. You've never met their wife or their mom or their dad, their family. Where their are we kids. going with this? I'm just asking. How about the medication they prescribed you? Can you pronounce all of the chemicals that are are in there? Or you just trust that you just trust that a guy that you don't know how to pronounce his last name, you don't know his family, and uh, you don't know what type of medication you're taking because you haven't actually studied the chemical compounds. You you put your trust in that, yeah. right? You believe that that's going to work for you. Tippy, I'm pretty but, but, sure he's off any meds that he was in. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he lives off of belief and he's trying to attack belief, even though he has no grounds to even uh, have this faith in the medication that he got from a doctor he cannot pronounce the last name of or know Tippy, their family. Tippy, me believing in my doctor is not me believing in heaven. It absolutely you is. It, it absolutely is. We have trust. We have trust in the knowledge that we have, and that and that is the point. But but you're missing my point. My doctor can hook me up in this world. My doctor cannot hook me up in heaven. You're right. That's why you need Jesus. Perfect. You need Jesus. Okay, then I'm okay with me needing Jesus. I'm not going to say that Jesus is going to hook me up with my doctor because my doctor has copy. These are done on copy. So you would rather... So, Tippi, so, here's the problem with... Go ahead. Uh, go. Yeah, so so engaging this person is going to be entirely fruitless because you are illustrating to him what faith is and how it functions, and now he's talking to you about copays and how Jesus doesn't require copay. I don't even know what his... It's okay. Like, he's right. No, he's right. Salvation is a free gift. He's absolutely right. Salvation is a free gift. You pay for unknown for unknown people to to that you put your faith in. You pay them, and you don't know anything about them, and you just trust them blindly. I think for everyone on stage, this is like when you uh, this is like when you see a car wreck and you can't stop watching it. So I think that's what. And so, so I will ask you a question just to engage you. Tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement. Faith is is like a hammer. It can be a tool to build or a tool to destroy. Yeah, faith can be anything. Okay, so are you against hammers? No. But But hammers can be used to kill people. So why do you have more hostility towards theism than you do towards hammer? Who said they have hostility towards hammer? Well, you're an anti-theist, right? So that means you don't think it should exist. Are, are you saying theism is a hammer? Are you saying theism is a hammer? I'm saying faith is like a hammer. It's a tool. It so, can be a so tool to build or to destroy. I have to acquiesce to what faith being a hammer in, in your narrative 
Therefore, ipso facto, therefore I have to use it as a tool, pound everything. What? Uh, all You're I heard is saying, he's a blind believer. Okay, Wait. who's got next? Who's got next on? <laughs> I still want to know, like, so, Zach, when, when you're, okay, so I see that you're a man of words. You enjoy conversation. You like, you know, I, I see this. I get that you're just sort of enjoying, like, bantering with people, which is cool. I'm also like that. I get that. I don't but enjoy you, bantering with people. I enjoy talking to people who. I said bantering, like, like, like ping ponging conversation back and forth, like, lighthearted. Well, then why did you say I'm not a banter? You know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. All right. Great, great, great. No, I got nothing else. Are your kids wondering, like, looking at you crazy, like, why you go from, like, screaming to whimsically chuckling and, like, laughing yeah, and smiling they and then, do, like, a stern and look? I'm, yes, and I'm hiding in my car for that reason, so that's... Wait, yeah, you walked out of I your house into your I car? I did. I did. To do the, yeah. CEO. I, I have, you know what? I have a us, us all, go ahead, us Mike, Michael, go ahead. Go ahead. Can go, you please the take the hammer that you were using as an illustration and beat me over Michael, you finally come got, to the dark side with I got no hammer. Uh, I got no hammer. So let me, let me take a stab at this. So, Siege. So, um, okay. So, by the end of the day, everyone has to be convinced of what they believe in. I'm with Atheist Michael that we cannot choose our beliefs. So, if we find information that is so compelling then we are just convinced. Otherwise, we have to like brainwash ourselves and like, you know, tell ourselves it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. So reasonable people, if they're convinced by an argument, then that's their belief. They just can't help it because they're convinced. So someone says they have proof that God exists or they have proof that no God exists. Well, if they can't convince people with that argument, it's not convincing enough. So it's not proof, not to that person. So I would say for me, since, you know, you, you kind of, there's been much, many words, um, which I also apparently am accused of doing, um, rightfully so. I'd say, look, for me, I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe in Jesus. I believe there is a guy from the text. Very few people dispute that he physically lived and he was crucified. Okay. Uh, more people will dispute that, you know, the, the mystical supernatural claims, like the God claims. Uh, but still, for those who do what he says, like it's in the book, so most of us will attest, even atheists will say, sure, I have no problem with the words that he, he says. Like, that's probably fine. It's probably historically accurate enough. So in those words that most people will agree that, sure, that's probably real. He says, pray to him, seek him, and you'll have this eternal life. You'll be born again, and that's it. That's the whole point of this religion. That's the whole point of life is to recognize your creator and be united to your creator. So it's the people who take him at his word and pray directly to him, not saints, not preachers, don't watch YouTube videos about debates. You pray directly to this guy who claims to be God, and that's usually where you know some spiritual realization will happen. So if you're not a if you're not a theist at all, you already deny or are skeptical of any spiritual stuff because you can't see it, you can't measure it, you can't prove it. But uh, if you're mo like most people on the planet, you are some kind of theist that believes in the spiritual supernatural world. Um, that's usually where when people pray to the Jesus of the Bible and say, hey, you say we must repent, stop doing what we know we shouldn't be doing that's bad, and believe the words you say that you're God, you can save us, you can forgive us, and make us this born-again thing you talk about. I want that. If that's true, I want that. And then when people do, surprising, what the guy says to do, that's usually where they're like, something quick, something change, I just know it, I sense it, like I am spiritually aware that this is legit. Um, so it's not blind faith um, at that point. You have something 
substantive to latch onto. Anyway, that's what I'd say. That's what I believe. That's why I believe it. And I think that's how most people who come to this belief um, arrive at it. And that's how it's, you know, you could say proven or evidenced to them. Anyway, that's all I got. So I'm not trying to like go on crusades. I'm not trying to harm anyone. If someone, you know, um, yeah, that's it. So I can't possibly think of a good reason an anti-theist would have a problem with that. Um, and better yet, I would encourage the anti-theist or any atheist to do those things and pray to this Jesus. Let us know what happens. That's all I got. Care to respond? Do you know what an anti-theist actually is? Most people actually think that an anti-theist is somebody who just don't, just reject religion. Do you know what? I can tell you this. An anti-theist is somebody who actually took time to study religion. I studied religion. I studied Islam. I studied Quran. I have Quran in, in my household here. I studied the Bible, KJV, NIV. I actually know religion more than most even most people who can actually talk about religion. I actually went to a Catholic school. I I studied in Catholic school in high school. I, I graduated. I went in, in college. I went to Catholic college. So most people think that it's just me being salty about uh, religion. And I, and I tell you this. The worst thing that you can ever think is, I don't know about religion. I was talking to my daughter the other day. Okay, okay, wait, and wait, I told wait, her, so wait, 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 allow me, allow me, let me, let me say this. No. So you started that sentence with, let me tell you what an anti-theist is. And now, like, I'm interested. So tell me what the difference is between a well-educated atheist and an anti-theist. What's the difference between those? Quick, I'm driving. My service is about to go. Well, I mean, there's no way you can't find the mute button. Um, so, you know, whenever you want. But I would say, you know, if, if he's a little offended because he thinks we're tell, like the worst thing you could do is tell him he doesn't know about religion. Do you see the arrogance and hubris that is to tell a bunch of like, you know, Christians who have done this every day for years um, that we don't know what we believe? And somehow the guy with a penchant against Christianity has a better handle on it. You could be right. But I the chances of that are at least enough that you should be respectable and be like, oh, well, they probably actually know what they believe. I think he was saying about himself. He said that other people assume he's just a rabid, salty atheist, but he's trying to lay out that what an anti-theist is, is an atheist who's really well-educated. And but I'm trying to wrong. get, like, I don't think he was talking about us. Right. So yeah, that's, that's just trying well, to, well, that, well, that's the right. implication. The implication is if he's so smart and he studied religion, the implication is we're so dumb and we don't know what we believe. He's so smart and educated. He knows our religion better than we know it. Yeah, but he That's started his soliloquy with, let me tell you what an anti-theist is. Uh-oh, you're chopping out. Oh, Steph, you've got to, yeah, it's, it's, uh, hopefully she comes back in a second. No, but Nate, it, it might be a little, it might be, oh, go ahead. No, you're, you're gonna you're gonna need to get down the road a little ways, Steph. No. Oh, Steph, uh, I, you're gonna have to drive down the road a little ways and get some better bars. You're you're very choppy. 
Uh, just just let us know That's when you get down the road a little ways. Yeah. So Steph um, doesn't sound any different right now than she normally does. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's horrible. That's horrible. Chris. No, what, what's interesting What's interesting is, I mean, so like Nate, like Nate, like you and I were talking earlier this morning, there was a time when, when I identified, you know, as, as an anti-theist. Um, the differences between someone who's an atheist and someone who's an anti-theist is is all in the individual you speak to and all in how they're, you know, hey, let's use this word again, defining the terms. So, I mean, in, so when I, so when I was, and there are ways that I still define somewhat as an anti-theist, right? I speak out against religion. I think it's a net negative for society and things like that. So, I mean, it's all in how you're, it's all in how you're using that. But the differences between someone who's an atheist and someone who's an anti-theist can be incredibly nuanced. And you really should talk to the individual, but you know, it might be a little uncharitable for you to say that, you know, he's saying, because I've studied religion, you're dumb. Um, like, I mean, I've done a lot, like, I've done a lot of that too. Like, you know, I've, I, I would even run up, I would even one up sec a little bit. Like I've, you know, like, I wonder if he's read the Bhagavad Gita or any, or any of the Vedas. I've read portions of all of those. So, you know, I mean, but just because you've read, um, you know, stuff on, on religion, doesn't mean any any one person is any more or less educated, you know, like on a thing. So like if what I mean by that is just because you're talking to someone and if, if you have a, you know, a similar similar levels of knowledge, but you have differences in opinions doesn't mean the other person is more or less educated on something. Hopefully that makes sense. But it's I mean, it, it's it's very, very. I find it very, very interesting. And to, to go on what, what Tippy said a minute ago, she, she's still here and she's not, um, you know, it's like uh, when, you know, when someone says that they have, you know, faith in something, and I've said this many, many times, I will never get down on someone for saying that they have faith. Like Hebrews 11 says, you got to have faith. So when someone says, oh, it's a matter of faith to me, I don't, I don't rake them over the coals for that. It's kind of in your rule book. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, but now I'm curious again, oddly enough. Uh, CEO, have your hammer ready if you're still here. Um, he's not. Damn. Um, I'm here. I'm here. Know. I'm listening. No, I, I said CEO. Um, I, I don't know. Sec. I don't know where you're going with this. And and now I'm and now I'm morbidly curious. But let me just read something real fast, and then Seach, you can say whatever. I think you said it was Seach, right? But um, let let me just read this. So, you know, I, and based on the conversation, right, definition of terms and nuance is important. So we should ask the person. I'll, I agree, Michael. Um, but also, we all have our starting point, right? So when someone puts anti-theist, like if I put Christian, I'm going to need to uh, explain that. But Christian, uh, people are going to have a general idea of where I'm going with it. So, you know, when I see anti-theist, um, which coincidentally is exactly what I said. So let me just read this from our Oracle chat GPT 3.5. An anti-theist is someone who actively opposes or rejects the concept or belief in any deity or gods. They hold the view that the idea of a higher power is not only false, but also harmful to society, and they often work to counteract or challenge religious beliefs and practice, which is exactly what me and Seach both said. <laughs> um, so he's, I said it was actively opposed religious people, and he said it was harmful to society. So anyways, um, that's, the, that's the commonly understood definition of anti-theist. So, Seach, if that is not you, that, um, that's me. You know, go ahead. Uh, okay, that is him. So we got it right. So I said it right. He said it right. And Chat GPT said it right. So there, there is no argument about definitions. We all three, <laughs> I guess Chat GPT is a person. Uh, we all three agree that that is what Seach is. So 
yeah, uh, it got him right. Uh, yeah, Siege, go ahead with Michael, if you'd like. Yeah, I guess by that definition, I am also an anti-ACS. <laughs> wow, congratulations, you've got a convert. I guess my hope of getting you in, in robes has just dwindled away now. Wait, hang on, Michael. Is that completely you? Uh, let's see. They, um, okay, actively, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They hold to view, um, and they often work to, no, that, I guess that is you. I mean, yeah, you may not yeah, but yeah, try to talk someone out of their faith, but you would challenge it, which I guess you could say is kind of doing that. Well, yeah, it's weird. Like, I mean, I so yeah, I guess the one the one caveat I would say is that I don't think I have the power to deconvert someone, right? Like, like I, I like I so for example, if like in all of the conversations that you and I have had, Nate, or with Steph, or with Chris, or anybody else, um, Felix, any of these people, I don't think I have the capacity to to make you not believe um and because and and i believe that because uh i'm a dogsastic involuntarist right like you like i i can i can put suggestions out there i can give examples stuff like that but it's going to have to be you i think any individual to become like we said like you said a minute ago before nate become convinced of either the truth or likelihood of a, of a, of a, you know, of a precedent or something like that, or opposite of that. Do so, you, do you know, Michael, what, what you got, if I have a difficult mathematical problem or some trivial mathematical problem, I'll call you. Well, That's what please we don't call me. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a <laughs> I'll give you a back channel me. I'll give you his phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I must talk to you. Come on now. Me and you, we go we're gonna talk about it. If we are if I have a difficult concept whereby I cannot see a, 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 an issue, I have to call somebody. Okay. To me yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's how we, that's how we, we develop. Okay. Can, so can I jump in? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Michael. Yo, no, yeah, man, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I've been chatting all I've been talking. That's okay. I was gonna. This idea of belief comes up a lot in all these discussions I've ever been in, and I think when the Christians say believe and the atheists say believe, I think we're talking about two different things. Because if you go to the Bible and you read what the Scripture says about when it says faith, the Greek word is I never. If somebody uh, messed up my pronunciation, pistis. Persistence. Okay. And if you look at that, every Greek lexicon I look at, it says to believe, trust, faith, trust, right? So when we say we believe, we're saying we trust. So, but when an atheist says you believe, you're saying we believe without evidence. But how can you trust something unless you have some information about it, right? So, I trust the evidence. I trust the Bible. I trust that it's reliable. But, you know, and then you go into the scientific realm and they say, you know, we have a confidence level of, of, of whatever um, in, on the data. If you go look up the word confidence, guess what yeah. word's in there? Confident it's trust. With faith. No, no, it's actually confident right, with faith. Yeah. With faith. Right, right. So now, so make sure how we, when we're talking about this idea of trust, like I'm a Christian not because I blind, blindly believe the Bible or blindly believe that God exists. 
I have good reason, good evidence, and I trust that evidence to, to that it tells me that God exists. Sure. Yeah. So but, but, let's, yeah, let's yeah, but that's sense. a yeah, that's a gigantic straw man against me, um, because I would never say, uh, like Nate, I would ask, like I would I would answer this in the form of a question. Nate, have you ever heard me say Christians blindly believe? I don't believe so. Yeah, I would never say that, because because like I so. Um, I also will never discount someone's personal experience. I, I think when someone has a personal experience, and I've said this so many times, I'm sure Nate already knows what I'm going to say. I think to the individual that has that, I don't think you'll find better evidence to that, to that person. I know what I heard. I know what I saw. I know what I felt, for example. right? I will never downplay something like that. But as a dogsastic involuntarist, and Nate and I are in firm agreement on this, you can't choose your beliefs. So, so Regs, you say you believe. I think for you, you have decent reasons. I look at your reasons and I say those reasons aren't good enough for me. That's what I would say. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to I want to go back to Siege real fast. Siege, we we kind of got off. I think. And by the way, Steph, I, you've got to have a good signal now. I have I do, faith I in you. Yeah. Um, okay. So Siege, I wanted to ask, like, you know, for for the main talking point of the Christian here would be, you know, about God and Jesus stuff. So along that line, um, you were telling us how educated and smart and well-studied you are, which, you know, I have no reason to not believe you, uh, I'm not, but, um, but, okay. But you were saying like, you know, you've read these religions, which are, if it's not to do with Christianity, it has nothing to do with Christianity, but you said, you said all these other religions, you've read the Bible, you've read the KJV and NIV and you've read all these things and you've done all these things. But right before that, you know, the prelude was, I'm like, well, look, Jesus says, pray directly to him, ask him to save you, forgive you, make you born again, give you eternal life, like seek this God directly. And then your, as you were laying out your pedigree for, you know, how studied you are about religion, it didn't include any of that. So I guess my question is, have you actually, uh, you know, prayed to this Jesus and like asked him to save you and forgive you and make you born again? And, you know, you want eternal life, you're humble, you're sincere. Have you like gone that route also, or have you just like taken this intellectual scholastic approach? So Nate, what I what what I do is I actually stop looking at some. Let, let's say uh, we 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 told any that, way you could start that up with a yes or no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let, okay. Let's say you you you're being told as a kid your stove is burning because the stove is burning. And then I said, why is the stove burning? And then I jumped into the back end. So I looked at Christianity from the basics of, uh, let's go to the schisms. Most Christians don't even know about the schisms. They okay, don't wait, hang on, hang, hang on. I, sorry, I, I have to pull a step. Sorry. Like by the time we're talking about this, by the time we're talking about schisms, we're so far away from Jesus. So yes, yeah, you... yeah, because it's relevant. It's actually relevant. Because most people don't well, even know about uh, Lutheran. Well, it's it's really not. Like, have you actually like followed the words of Let me see how it is. Let me see how it is. Let me see. All right, you got like thirty seconds because there's more people on stage. So yeah, go yeah. ahead. You got thirty most seconds. Most Christians today, most Christians today, don't even know why they are a Christians today. They don't know about how they split with the Catholic oh, you Church. Were right, Nate. That's why I was they, become, wrong. They, 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 they become uh, Christians today. So 
We can we can find Lutherans, we can find Pentecostals, we can find all these guys don't even know the origin, how they became those. Even the Mormons don't even know how they became the Mormons. So to me, those origins are pertinent to me. Okay, so but, well, I would say those are not origins. Those are so far away from the origin. The origin is Jesus in the Bible before, way, way, mm. way, hundreds of years before anything mm. you're talking about happened. And Jesus says, yes. humble yourself, yes. which is clear. I'm just going to, just because I, I want to get to other people. But Jesus says, humble yourself, which is clearly not being done. Um, and he says, pray directly to him. So if an... I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think there's there's some serious stuff going on, which is proving the Bible just true in front of all our faces, uh, whether it's just a you know really good hunch at psychology and the human nature or it's divinely inspired. Whatever reason, the Bible is being proven right. So Jesus says, humble yourself and pray directly to him. And then I'm, I'm sure if you're still here, the next words out of your mouth would be something about the schism again. It has nothing to do with Mormons, nothing to do with Lutherans, nothing to do with anything. It has everything to do with praying to the guy in the Bible. Um, I, I think if you haven't done that, which I not, didn't really get an answer on, I, I'm just assuming you have not, do that. Um, anyways, um, Bobby, what's up, Bobby? What's up, bro? Um, I just have a quick question. Oh, oh sorry, Bobby. Uh, Steph, was, Steph, said I, uh, Steph said I was right. I just wanted her to expound on that. Uh, Steph, can you tell me how, how amazing and right I am? <laughs> oh, and of course, she's cutting out again. Um, so, yeah, the uh, uh, I was assuming he was talking about himself. Uh, no, no, we hear you. Keep going. <laughs> You're good now. Um, uh, he was talking about us being uneducated. Yes, you were. <laughs> okay, Bobby, uh, question. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I'll try to be short. Um, so, the Trinity. Right, obviously that's the hot topic uh, everyone no. likes to talk about, right? Um, you don't want to, you're not allowed to talk about the Trinity. Oh no, you are. I could talk about go the Bible on. instead. I don't. It doesn't have to be Trinity. It is a topic that people kind of talk a lot. Yeah, about. yeah go ahead. Go ahead and ask. Um, the, the, yeah, go ahead and ask the sizer just because we do it so much. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we don't have to. Okay. <clears throat> no, um, I'm, it's not me making an argument. I'm asking you to clarify because it's your religion. You know better than me. I'm not going to explain to you what Christianity says. Only you can do that for yourself. You know. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, so obviously we all know the basic definition of the Trinity. Um, what would your opinion be, Nate, if someone were to describe the mainstream Trinity, you know, the um, co-equal, co-eternal, three persons, you know, sharing the same essence, but they say from reading the Bible, they believe there's a hierarchy between the two, between the three um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there's a hierarchy, but they're still equal in um, ontological existence. What would you say to that? Uh, things like that, I, I would probably, unless they became really obstinate and like, you know, said something that I, I really felt was wildly incorrect and they held onto that and would not budge, I would not push back too much because I think there could be a lot of nuance and people can even mean the right things even if they say the completely wrong way of saying it. Um, so, so I, me, I'll extend a lot of grace uh, because, you know, I think if they're getting that from something like Philippians 2, 6, right? Like you would say, if they believe in the Trinity, uh, they say, you know, Philippians 2, 6 says, even though, you know, Jesus is in nature, God, he humbled himself and took the form of a servant. So if they read that and they believe the Trinity and say, oh, well, see, that's because, you know, Jesus, um, Jesus is like somehow less than the father, 
that would be a very wrong way of saying that, uh, but I could see their point. And I would try to, you know, explain that, look, this is, uh, I mean, Chris would use words like economical and whatever. But uh, I mean, I would say, you see that Jesus voluntarily humbled himself. This is something that was like, you know, agreed on, like in their different roles. So if someone gets to, we'll see, there's a hierarchy and Jesus is less than the father. No, that's incorrect. And if I explained it, like, look, Jesus was a humble servant. He took the form. It was totally, you know, he submits to the will of the father. Um, and it's, it's all like seamlessly and agreed upon. Not one exerts dominance over another. Um, and then if they're like, okay, that makes sense. Sure. But if they hold their position and they're like, no, absolutely not. Jesus is, you know, like totally like less important than the father or something like that. Then I would probably just be like, okay, well, but we what just, absolutely just like these type of debates, right? Or these arguments, do they? You can have disagreements, of course, but will it like remove someone's salvation and make them heretical to that extreme, or is it a theological debate that another Christian can have with one another? Yeah, I think God forgives crappy doctrine, so I think there's a lot of room, and it's all. I mean, it's just like Jesus talks about, like the real answer. First of all, only God is going to know. There's going to be a line somewhere, and where that is ultimately only God's going to know like the Christians can do. I mean, you know, we can do a job like by your fruit, you'll know them. So if someone's humble, kind, sincere, like, you know, exhibits the fruits of, of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control, you know, against these, there's, uh, there's no law against these. So if someone exhibit is this type of person and exhibits these and they profess Christ. And, you know, they're like you said, this person in the examples of Trinitarian, um, but they're, they're just like maybe what we would think is wrong in a couple points here and they're about the Trinity, but they believe it then I'll extend a lot of grace um, and, you know, trust God to help them work it out um, or, you know, other, other people to correct them if they're open to that. Uh, but I'm not going to say that person's unsaved if they don't understand or miscommunicate a couple Trinity points. Um, however, if someone is like incredibly, you know, rude and snide and like defiant um, and exhibits everything opposite the fruits of the spirit, it's like, well, by your fruits, they'll know that you'll know them. So it's like, um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say, "Oh, well, you're not saved. You're not a true Christian." But goodness, I mean, if all we have is the fruits to judge you, um, you don't have great fruit. So, you know, God has mercy on your soul, hopefully, and you know, you learn the error of your ways. Uh, I was gonna squeeze in real quick, Nate. This is Wes from Texas, Bobby. If because you're not just he's not just talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, and I'm assuming. You're saying if there was a structure, it goes God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Is that accurate? No, I, I kind of described what Nate said, where there's a hierarchy, but their ontology, their existence is still equal in the way the person described it. They just view it from the reading of the New Testament that there's some type of hierarchy between the three. That's all. Right, and I was just asking, what, what does that hierarchy look like? Because I've never heard this argument before. What, does the hierarchy go God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like I presume? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's teetering on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In my yeah, opinion. that's what I've heard. I've heard of you have say yeah, that's this. That's scary territory. But I don't know. Right I'm there, not but... sure. That, I've, I've heard it's either heretical or it's just a disagreement in interpretation. If that's all right, oh, Nate, uh, super fast, uh, just, if you don't mind. Hang on, Chris. I'm going to come right to you, Chris, because I, I this, want to. This will be super fast, I promise. So just I want Bobby to know where I stand on this, because I'm still learning about all this. Yeah, I, I look at um, ice, water, and, you know, steam. The, those are all part you're of H2O, and you're all say again, sir. I, I hate that analogy. That's more. I know, I know, I, I know. Like that's like modernism, like Patrick. 
Yeah. Okay, hang on, Wesley. Hang on, Wesley. Hang on, Wesley. We're going to come right back to you after Chris because I, I, you know, you were up here too. It's your turn anyway. Sure, sure, So I want to see what you have to say, but I want to get to Chris because he's, he's been triggered. So, so keep in mind, uh, Wesley, you said it was teetering blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Um, and Chris is going to say something about that that you may not have heard. So, you know, consider it. People will disagree. But uh, as far as the water analogy, uh, the only, like, I don't hate that with one big caveat. And it would have to be like, you know, solid, liquid, and gas would all have to simultaneously exist at the exact same time. Otherwise, that's modernism, Patrick. So anyways, uh, Chris, uh, go ahead and say everything with the gentleness of our Lord and Savior. Sure, of course. I'm at the tire shop. um, (laughs) That's why. I am, yeah. I'm going to be nice because I'm at the tire shop. No, no, no. So, so look, there's two different conceptions of the models of the Trinity. One of them is called um, monarchical Trinitarianism or social Trinitarianism. And the other is called economic Trinitarianism. Okay. So the social or monarchic model is usually used in the early church and it is usually used amongst Eastern Orthodox. Um, so mostly in the West, you're going to see economic Trinitarianism and that's going to be the order of the day. Now, do I think that, do I think that monarchial has some problems? Yes. Um, you know, do I think that economic Trinitarianism as described by Aquinas may have some problems as well? Similarly, yes. Um, so there's a really good book, and, and I'm not a huge James White fan, but his book, The Forgotten Trinity, is an excellent primer on all of this stuff, especially um, since you said, Wesley, that you're, you're kind of new. Um, I would pick up that book. It is a, an excellent discussion of all of the, the different models of the Trinity that are still within Orthodoxy. And Chris, give your take real quick. Um, I, I mean, even though we're disregarding everything you said because you said primer instead of primer. Um, but can you go ahead and give your take on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? And, and I would I, I would say first to Wesley, um, you know, if someone did get close to that line and, you know, you would say it was like perhaps blasphemy under your understanding because of the way they articulate the Trinity or a hierarchy, um, I, I would say I, I, I would have trouble like saying that person would be like doing that even under your model, uh, because, I mean, presumably it, it would be from ignorance or, or just not knowledge. Like, you know, Paul even says, hey, I, I did this before, but it was out of ignorance. Um, so. Anyway, Chris, go ahead and give your little bit of an unorthodox take. Is it an orthodox take, or are you? No, no it's the I mean, majority that... take. But you know. really, okay, we'll go ahead. We'll, and say we'll that. call it unorthodox. Yeah. So, so the majority take of most um, scholars is going to be that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is no longer possible because the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was the specific Pharisees that were taking the works of Jesus. Um, and assigning them to Satan. And so that level of disbelief and that level of having the evidence right in your face because the God of the universe is performing miracles right in front of you, a la Mark 2 and 3, and then in Mark 4, you decide that he has to be killed after seeing all of that. So, uh, Wesley. Yeah, do you want to respond to that or ask a whole uh, new question, which is why you're up here? No, I mean, I, I haven't heard the hierarchy between... Uh, it, it starts... What it sounds like to me, if we start to hi, uh, use a hierarchy to describe God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, it sounds like the all-inclusive, oh, yeah, everything's fine, and 
uh, these are the chosen people over here, and uh, oh yeah, you can do this and be a part of it. It's just I don't know. Uh, that's just how it's here. I think it's very strict, very narrow, very straight, and it's not broad and wide. And anyways, I, I was just trying to stay on topic, but no, I don't have a response. Thanks again for the room, Nate. Over. Yeah, did you have a? I mean, did you have another question or another nope, topic? Nope, just wanted to hear about some Jesus in my life this morning. So. And for the record, the hierarchy on. thing, like besides besides that, uh, you know, Bobby's scenario, like I I don't I've never actually met someone. I, that's believe that. I mean, maybe they have, and I just haven't got talked to you know about the it. Do you know the YouTuber God Logic? His name's God huh? Logic on YouTube. I don't. Know yeah. So there, there's but, but, most of the Christians yeah. on Clubhouse are gonna believe that, Nate, and most of the Reformed people would disagree with them because we didn't stop studying theology in the fourth. Well, I well, think I guess that I need there to get out becomes more. confusion during the incarnation. And, and so a lot of the questions about this hierarchy really revolve around like Christ asking that the cup be taken from him or things like that. And they'll develop like an eternal hierarchy based on Christ's time on earth. So that's where, I don't know if you want to take the conversation in that direction, but that's where I see it most. I've noticed, Nate, because obviously I watch a lot of like, YouTube debates between Muslims and Christians, and I watch you, Christians by themselves that do not debate Muslims and their view on the Trinity. I don't know the reason why. You guys know better than me. But when Christians mainly create uh, content debating Muslims or debunking Islam, their view on the Trinity is hierarchical, maybe for a debate tactic. But when I view Christians that, like yourselves, who don't necessarily make content only debating other religions and debunking them, just solely focusing on Christianity, the idea of a hierarchy within your Trinity doesn't exist. Like, you kind of stay away from that. Why do you think there's a distinction between the two? So there's not... I, I, I... Go ahead, Father Chris. So within the social Trinitarian um, system as well, there is not an actual hierarchy. They would just say, and this is a common confusion, okay? So they still believe in co-equal, co-eternal, right? So it's not as if, I'm sorry? Co-substantial as well. Yeah, co-consubstantial, -sub yes, um, absolutely. So. Yeah, co-equal, co-eternal, consubstantial, like all of that stuff. So both models of the Trinity both accept this. The idea that we're talking about in terms of a, a social Trinitarianism doesn't oh, have Lord. an actual hierarchy. Sorry. It's... Are you in a war zone right now? I think what he was trying to say is they don't have an actual hierarchy, and even the people that say they do don't really think that if you talk about them on, on the level Chris is saying. So maybe for their argument or some sort of understanding, like, you know, I can see how people would get that without also, you know, saying they're heretical. Like if someone just reads the Bible and, you know, they, they already get the Trinity, it wouldn't be like, you know, the, the, oh, I'm messing it up, but it's like, you know, the son proceeds from the father, the spirit proceeds from the son or, or whatever that is I'm thinking of, or, you know, it's like not my will, but your will be done. I, I mean, so if people read that and come up to some sort of hierarchy, uh, hierarchical understanding, I understand how they get there. But then I think, if you talk to them and explain them, maybe where Chris was going, well, like, look, even if you think there's a hierarchy, there really can't be ultimately because they are all Father, Son, and Spirit are God. So if one is like less than in any actual substantial way, then God ceases to be God because all three, unless they're completely the same, cannot equal God. Therefore, if one is somehow less, not, not to mention two, if like one is less than the other and one is less than the other, then you don't have a God, you don't have a universe, you don't have an existence. Because it takes all three being co-equal, exactly the same, in order to have one God. Then I think they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I get it. I, I'm just thinking. 
that people would mm-hmm. agree to that if you explained it that way. Right. I'm, I'm in a quieter place now. Well, the place quieted down. So basically, um, yeah. So, so when we say that the son proceeds eternally from the father is eternally begotten, that does not mean he is created. That's something called Arianism. What that means is that there is a distinction between the son and the father in terms of persons. Um, and the son is eternally the son. So this is, this is a doctrine called the eternal sonship of Christ. Both East and West accept the eternal sonship. There are a few heretics that denied the eternal sonship, mainly uh, like independent Baptists in the 1930s began to deny the, the eternal sonship, which I don't even know why. I got I to gotta examine that history a bit more. But, you know, so eternal sonship is common amongst all verses, all forms of Trinitarianism and um, the Holy Spirit spirating from the Father and the Son. And that's another controversy called the Filioque. The Filioque just is a difference in theology about the Trinity that says that the Son only proceeds, I'm sorry, that the Holy Spirit only proceeds from the Father, um, but not the Father and the Son. Um, and so in the West, we have what's called the Filioque, and we believe that the Holy Spirit proceeds both from the Father and the Son, instead of just the Father only. So, and that would, again, that goes into monarchical Trinitarianism, um, et cetera. So that's, it can all be very confusing. There's a lot of nuance to it. Again, I would suggest picking up that book, The Forgotten Trinity. It literally goes through every single one of these issues. Uh, Prashant, what's up? How are you? Do you have anything to speak about? Good morning, Prashant. He might be in a work thing. He he works or he does this. So. Oh, uh, how about you, uh, Mother Steph? Still driving. All right, we hear you. Anything you'd like to say since uh, since you have good service for the time being? For the moment, driving in the woods. No, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on this more, Nate. Like the the Trinitarian the Trinitarian doctrines are so nuanced, and I see people get so heated about it. And I'm much more tolerant of listening to people's take on it um, than other, you know, than some others. So I don't know. I'm with you. There you go. Would you say um, salvation is interlinked with? affirming the entirety of the Bible as a Christian. Wait, what do you mean? In, so, uh, so, so like, the for only, example, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say the only requirement for salvation is that we repent and we believe in Christ. Like we, we believe that he's our way to salvation, right? That's, that's the whole story. If you had that on a napkin, you'd have it. Um, but I think you get into trouble when you begin denying crucial aspects like if you begin to believe that the bible contains errors if you reject if you openly if you get educated on the trinity and you reject it uh or you get educated on the inerrancy of the bible and you reject it now you're going to run into some tangly nests where you're also rejecting christ so it's a it's a tricky question you're asking yeah i mean um let's say exactly what you just said then they affirm but they just disagree and they could be wrong like nate saying you might have problems with their logic they disagree with prophecies within the Bible. And I'm not saying the prophecies are incorrect. I'm saying, let's say they are correct. But in his subjective learning, he's just saying, you know what? I just don't think prophecies 
are 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 accurate within religious scriptures and they're just random guesses and i don't believe they're real but i believe jesus is the son of god i believe in the trinity i believe in his incarnation i believe he died for my sins and that's what he died upon well is, is he still saved or what do you guys think um if those under, are the only that, elements yeah. yes <clears throat> i mean under that scenario yeah i mean if you if you don't have a bible or if you read it and you know you don't understand the prophecies i mean only god's going to know your heart right so if your heart is sincere you're humble you're trying to understand versus if you're like well i believe it, because there's going to be an overlap like if you're really you know are following christ and doing this christian walk you're going to be pulled more and more correct and you know as as like a couple billion christians will tell you more and more correct you know doesn't we could all be wrong i guess in some you know just just to cover our bases but we don't think we are so it's like well more and more correct is going to be the trinity more and more correct is going to believe the inerrancy of the bible more and more correct is going to be this so that's why a lot of people say well you know if you have any exposure to the trinity at all um you can't deny the trinity you have to believe the trinity and that's predicated on the belief that you know if you are truly saved we're told the holy spirit lives in us and leads us into all understanding and you know truth so if that's true, which we believe it is, and we believe the Trinity is true, then we're we're using that to say you're going to be pulled in the direction of the Trinity. Same thing. If you start off believing in Jesus, but you're kind of skeptical of the prophecies, over time, you're going to get more and more accepting of the prophecies, you know, assuming we're right and it's true, uh, because God is living with you, leading you, and guiding you into truth and understanding. So you're going to be more, pulled more and more in line with the Bible instead of further and further away. And if you get further and further away, if you're like, well, I believe Jesus, but that's it. The rest of the Bible is written by men and, you know, it's not accurate. Like they somehow got the Jesus part right and everything else is wrong. If you harden your heart and kind of take that approach, then you have a better chance over time of actually ending up not believing Jesus. So in theory, yes, you can just believe Jesus and pretty much deny all kinds of everything else. Um, but in reality, if you do truly believe in Jesus you're going to start syncing up with the Bible and with, you know, the Trinity and the doctrines, like things like this that we believe are correct and demonstrate the nature of God rather than farther and farther away. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. So in theory, yes, in reality, um, probably not. Um, oh, I saw Hermes. I was going to ask if he was the shepherd of, but he, uh, he left, uh, shepherd of Hermes. <laughs> uh, Wasp, what's up? Is that white Anglo-Saxon Protestant? Are you speaking wasp? Uh, Clark, what about you, Clark? Yeah, hey, hey everyone, hey Nate, hey friends on the stage. What's up? Uh, Wesley Wasp, Rashawn. Um, I, hey everyone, um, do you think dispensationalism is a cancer and is predatory, is a predatory um heresy <laughs> I uh, hope if there not. is if there is ever a question for chris that is one uh, so it depends I on feel, what you mean by dispensationalism what well, do you okay, mean by dispensationalism tell, well dispensationalism is the idea of a parallel covenant the idea that the old covenant um is parallel now to the new covenant no, that is uh, not dispensationalism. That, uh, so you don't understand dispensationalism. Hold on. Sir, you don't understand dispensationalism if that's what you just described it as. Tell them, Chris. So well, maybe hold you on should... a second. And then, well, hold on a second. I didn't finish. 
but I feel like uh, you're trying to be very defensive for no reason, or maybe you have a reason. Uh, he, was, but, he was. He was. He was. But but we think we all have a different the theory. Rapture and the physical Israel and the Israel being here. Uh, this idea. So this is all ideas that stem from dispensationalism. Yeah, and that's what they believe. Like we've we've ran into this, Chris. We're not <laughs> obviously we're not dispensationalists, right. but that's what they believe. Right. Who's they? And so my There's question like 1% is the dispeace. The dispeace, sir. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I actually read books, um, and so when I'm saying things Look, like this is one percent, it is being, fair because you being, guys are being. You're being Chris, can I do it? No. Yes, okay. Put you in the face with gentleness. So what you guys are talking okay, so I'm a dispensationalist. The guy right below me, Felix, he's a dispensationalist. What we would hold to is that there are uh when you're looking back on the history of how God has interacted with human beings, we can divide into specific time periods and say during this time period there was this kind of interaction. During that time we can look back now in retrospect and identify. Right, they're dis- you're right, exactly. Right. Yeah, okay. So that's what most people, most Christians would look at that and say, sure, I also fall into that camp of, of uh, agreeing with dispensationalism. What you guys are talking about is a far, far extreme that shouldn't be labeled as dispensationalism because you're going to get reactions from people like Chris where you're like, don't lump me in with that, right? Like like the the dispensationalists are happy Germans and what you're describing are Nazis. And so that's why Chris is going to have that reaction. Does that, do you believe, okay. Do you believe in a physical Israel on this earth? Of course. Like the country. Do you believe in a physical Israel? No, I'm talking about, do you believe in, we believe in both the country and the people that are described when we say Israel. Okay. So it's a foreign policy. So this is why it's a heresy. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is not of this earth. It's very plainly said it. So, okay. So when you're arguing with people that you're labeling as dispensationalists, can you give me, or you or Wesley, give me a very brief, like, what is the argument? Because yeah, it sounds I'll, like the argument is the... I, I, there's a there's a YouTube video that you can hear a pastor up talk. He's indoctrinating these children, and he starts with, "Listen, you need to get something through your head. The Jews are better than us." And it right. Goes okay. On for five minutes. Yeah. I got you. So that's not a dispensational. That's right. hyper dispensational. So... <laughs> it's absolutely. Exactly. It's absolutely a dispensationalist. Because no, no, you believe but, in a physical Israel. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have no idea what you're talking Israel. about. I'm well, sorry, okay. what books are I'm you trying to calm subject, down the, the strong reaction. Sure. You How's guys are labeling something <laughs> that is not what that is. And so Chris is going to react to you the way he did because you're not using the label correctly. So we need to amend what your definition of dispensationalism is before we can keep having the conversation. <laughs> I think you're deflecting and going tangent. I think it's okay. very clear. So my, before, before my question to you is, do, does my question to Stephanie? I is, think it's very clear church, that you're a moron. Does Wait, I want to hear the question. Collect, does your church collect donations for Israel? 
Okay. Um, or any no, other Jewish I, that's not a ministry. Hold that on, that's not like a ministry John that we do, Hayes. right? Right. So, 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 are you you're reacting on the opposite end of the of the pendulum to dispensationalism? Are you advocating for some sort of like replacement theology? Like, where you are so no, far to the extreme. No. That no, I'm having a hard time. Hang on, let me let me just I, say some stuff real fast, and I'm going to run away because it's uh, I got to make calls. Um, okay, so it, instead of like beating around the bush, look, if you're talking about you know describing dispensationalism the way you are, where like you know Jews are so much better than us, give money to Israel, blah blah blah, whatever, uh, no one here is going to agree to that. Um, you and if you say that's totally represent uh, representation uh, of all dispensationalists. We would say you may as well just say Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are Christians because that's the kind of leap you're making. Um, do I believe in a physical Israel? Yes, the country exists. The yes, I believe in the people Israel. Do I think that makes them somehow better than us? No. Uh, do I think the Jews were God's chosen people? Yes. Does that mean they're better than us? No. It just means God picked them to send the lineage of our Savior through. Do I think that we need to specifically give or withhold money from Israel? Uh, for some sort of spiritual reasons, no. Uh, do what you want. Um, let's see. One more thing I was going to say is, do I think? Uh, yeah, Steph touched on it, kind of like a Hagee thing. Like, do I think there's like multiple covenants uh, where you know Jews can do their thing and be saved and go to heaven? No. Uh, the, unless they repent, they will die in their sins and burn in hell, just like everyone else who does not call on the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive forgiveness and eternal life and is born again. So anyone who does that is saved and has eternal life. Anyone who does not do that, there is no way they're getting to heaven, whether someone considers them chosen or not. Uh, does that cover up a lot of stuff there? That does, but I still feel biblically. Right, peace. Uh, <laughs> He's already <laughs>